Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Full of frustration, full of despair, from years of hurt, disappointment, and relegation. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and Wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory, pride, passion, in search of silverware, and they found... Major League Soccer Relegation Oh don't We're not here to talk about English football It's the MLS UK show Derby this weekend Yeah and we won't be talking about it ever again Relegation This is the MLS UK show Let's do it then Season 2, episode 3 of the MLS UK show. As always, I'm Elliot Holman. And I'm Henry Hewitt. And it rhymes, so let's say, let's do it! Loads going on, loads of ins, outs and rumours ahead of the 2019 season. We'll keep you across everything. Yeah, ahead of a new season, we're going to be chatting to some more fans as we preview, well, a few weeks away. The start is coming! It's so close now. Also, Golden Balls gets his own statue at LA Galaxy. How has that become a thing? Also, the return of the game with the changing name. It's all on today's show. You ready? Let's do it. Let go. Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt, MLS UK show. Where to start? I think we should start um, start with a prediction for the weekend. Oh, Norwich so. City travel to Bolton. I'll be going. Are you proud of me? I'm going to the Macron Stadium, stroke the Reebok Stadium, stroke the University of Bolton Stadium. Yeah, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, I am actually. Uh, you went last season, didn't you? Sat mm. in the Bolton stand with me, and Bolton actually won. I didn't uh, want to do it. No offense, right? I, I quite. I, I wanted to go, and I sat with the Bolton fans because I wanted to sit with you. I wanted to take the game on with you. Norwich doing so well this season. Yeah. But not so much. We won't dwell on that. Uh, I just really wanted to kind of be amongst my own and really be loud and proud and get behind the lads. So I hope you don't mind. But... Well, uh, for us, the worst thing has happened midweek. The worst thing that possibly could have happened before this game. Bolton won. 
which we don't tend to win two in a row. Mm. And Norwich lost. Yeah. You don't tend to lose two in a row. So uh, if you're a betting person, bet on Norwich, which you would have done anyway. <laughs> However, yeah. this is, um, well, it's a bit of a, a come down in terms of soccer watching for me because I was uh, I watched actual good players this week. Oh, yeah. I went to Old Trafford, my local team, mm-hmm. which is funny because normally you've got, oh, I'm just going to watch my local team and it's like some team that play on a, a park like DC United mine's did a Mikkel, bit Mine's Mickelover Sports and um, even to be fair, even that's better than that Maryland soccerplex. Yeah, uh, but no, my local team is actually Manchester United, so I got offered a ticket to watch them against uh, PSG. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Champions League. Have you ever been to a Champions League game? <laughs> Mate, I'm a Norwich City fan. So no. Um, I've never... Been to one either, unsurprisingly. Did you get goosebumps at the music? I did. <laughs> I did. And so I went with my mate Jordan and uh, his mate uh, Lucy. And so we get in uh, to Old Trafford and he's like, oh, let's have a beer beforehand. And I'm like, looking at the watch, I'm like, I'm not missing the anthem. Like, can we down these and get back up? Because I'm not missing it. I've never seen this. I'm not missing it. He said, yeah, don't worry. It'd be like, I don't know, four minutes to eight in the UK time. So we I down my drink, got up, and then I, I managed to film it as well. Uh, if you want to see it, and it, it is great, and it's great afterwards as the crowd get up for it, and PSG fans are brilliant as Since well. Since it finished, Yeah, so if you go on Twitter, at Henry underscore underscore Hewitt, it's probably, I think it's one of the last things I put on, but uh, it's incredible, you know, so... You know, if you get chance, it makes you realise how lucky we are in this country to have have soccer like that. But then again, we're jealous of people in the states and Canada because you get to watch MLS. Yeah, every week. exactly. So let's leave the Champions League behind. Okay, okay. I was a bit excited. Okay, leave leave that behind. Let's you know, let's get back to reality. Let's start with the game with the changing name. Okay, you're I'm ex- excited. I'm excited about this one because I didn't know that this person had played in England. <laughs> so. There's look, there's a, a lot smarter people than I out there. So yeah, people will get this, but everyone keeps going. Oh, it's easy, it's easy. Uh, that one's easy. So I'm like, right, okay, step it up a little bit, shall we? Right, okay. See if you get this one. I'll be worried about this one. You should get this one. All right. I should have got the one last week, and I did actually. So if they played for Bolton, then I'll get them. They haven't played for Bolton. Oh, I'll, I'll struggle. They've played in the Championship though. Okay. They played in the Championship for Birmingham City. Right. Whilst their parent club was Manchester City. They then moved to the Air Division, which is the Dutch League. Right, yeah. (laughs) And they now play in MLS. See how we're ramping it up? It's getting tougher. Parent club was Manchester City. Yeah. They went to Birmingham on loan. Right. And then they moved, permanent transfer, to the Air Division which is the Dutch league, and they now play in MLS for in the Western Conference. Oh. I'll, give, I'll give you that. Right. Okay. It's, this is tough. I admit this is tough. Someone will wade in straight away. Someone's already tweeting now going, done it, boom, easy. Any I, ideas? Uh, not Have at a guess. the moment. Uh, I guess. Um, leave this with me. Like we I say, you should get this. Can I just point out, eight minutes past ten we're recording this in the morning, so I'm not quite woken up yet. <laughs> um, shall we talk about some, some of the stuff that's been going on since we did the last podcast? Yes, because, my boys, we might be losing one of our MLS Cup winning team. Mm. I'm not happy. 
And I did, uh, anyone else loses loses this player, and it's a disaster. But for Atlanta, is it, is it, has he even been a star for them? I don't know. Darlington Nagby wants out of Atlanta. He's not training. He's refusing to train. He wants to go to Columbus Crew to be reunited with Caleb Porter. They won MLS Cup together. I know that, and yeah, I can understand that. And Columbus at the moment are a team. There's a good vibe about Columbus because they've uh, they've survived the save the crew stuff. But come on, Darlington, it's it's Atlanta. Come on, come on, <laughs> stay. It, you know, we have some fun. We win stuff. Come on. How do how do Atlanta cope without Darlington Nagby? Because look, he's a. He's a key player. He is for, yeah. for for any team. He was key for Atlanta. He wasn't a superstar. He wasn't he wasn't taking the headlines. But he still played. He had the majority of minutes for Atlanta. He did, yeah. But then he he spent a lot of time out injured, didn't he? And uh, we seem to do okay. So I think we'll be fine. But um, I don't know. It's, it's maybe right. Maybe because Darlington Nagby is a very good player, as we've discussed. But he isn't a star, like you've just said. Maybe he wants to go to Columbus and. You know, he he would be one of the star players there. He's playing for a manager that he trusts and he he clearly loves. So I do understand it, but come on. Why would you want to leave Atlanta for? My point with this is that they paid a million for him because he wants out. I Mm. don't think they're going to get that. No. They're not going to get a million because people will use that as leverage. So he could be available for 750 to, to 900k. I don't care who you are. I don't care what club you are. I don't care what your midfield looks like. Somebody go and get Darlington Nagby because if Columbus don't want him, and I'm not sure they're really desperate for a, mm. somebody in the centre of the park, somebody go and get him. Yeah, two-time MLS Cup winner for, what, 900 grand? Yeah. It's worth it, isn't it? Right, DC United. I I like this because Wayne Rooney's come in and he's mm. done the business for DC. We know that. We don't need to dwell on that. We don't need to talk about Will Johnson anymore. Uh Wayne Rooney's come in and he's been incredible in MLS so far. Now, what happens if Wayne Rooney gets injured? What happens at 70 minutes when uh, DC are winning and they want to protect Rooney and bring him off? The answer, Quincy Amarigua. Yes, uh, signed from San Jose. Yeah, been at Montreal, Colorado, Toronto. It's interesting this because San Jose have got Wondolowski. Obviously, we're expecting him to break the MLS record in the first few weeks of the season. But Wondolowski's like, you know, he's no spring chicken, is he? Mm. And neither's, you know, so they they look like they're sort of getting their average age down a bit with this one. And they can't really sell Wondolowski, can they? Or get rid of him. So, uh, yeah, San Jose, I'm sure the fans are kind of looking, thinking, right, what we, that's fine, but what are we going to do? DC, I think it's a smart signing, really. Someone who can score goals in this league. And, uh, yeah, he, let's face it, he's not going to play every week because Wayne Rooney is, but he, if he needs someone, an extra man, he's, he'll do all right. If I you think. take Rooney off uh, and bring Quincy on, you're swapping out experience for experience. He's got 200 MLS appearances. Mm-hmm. So I, I like this move from DC. Look, it's just it, it's not the most exciting thing in the world, but it's another piece to the puzzle. You need depth. You need it's depth exciting to us. You need depth, depth in MLS. Um, Whitecaps done a little bit more business. They've been very busy. We need to we need to talk Whitecaps properly next week. Maybe uh, maybe get one of our DPs on designated get, phoners. Get a DP on. Um, so Whitecaps have signed Eric Godoy, Argentinian centre back. Yep. Uh, and I like this, Joaquin Adiaz or Adez. I don't know. Um, Uruguayan striker. 
is on loan to a young DP contract. And this is another exciting player. Yeah, I think uh, the Whitecaps general manager said this week, so he said something along the lines of it feels like they're an expansion team, mm. uh, which is really interesting to hear because they've clearly... Proper clear out. Yeah, they've had a clear out. Uh, they're using the Alfonso Davis dollar mm. quite you know, to, it's quite, quite a lot. But um, this is going to be interesting. This is what we've been saying throughout the last couple of episodes of this series is just that it's going to be so different this year. And that's why we love MLS. And the Whitecaps are an example of that. Teams will just have a, a proper clear out mm. and then come back. And it's like, yep, same same us, but very different. Uh, so, obviously, the, the manager change at the end of last season. So, it's, Whitecaps are one of those teams. You're right. Let's get a Whitecaps fan on because we need to discuss. Mm. There's a, there's, there was there. a lot of space in that roster. There was a lot of money to be spent, a lot of gam, a lot of tam that they yeah. accrued in because they created that space and now they're spending it. So um, it's it's certainly going to be an interesting one. It sure is. And another team, it all links so well, this. Uh, go on. Another team that we're interested in <laughs> this pre-season <laughs> is FC Cincinnati, oh. the new boys to the league, and they've been busy, haven't they? There's a whole episode to this, I feel. feel like a whole side episode of Cincy coming on. I want to do a Helly's Real special. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. You float that one. He out, says. Then. We say. If you listen to this podcast, you'll know that we do promise a lot of things, and then yeah. go. Oh, we never got around to doing it. Yeah. So we'll with, see. With like two weeks to go. <laughs> um. Okay. Kakuta Mane. This is this is big. Okay. So Kakuta Mane, formerly of Columbus Crew, for around four hundred k in Gam and Tam, in in total of what it could rise to. Um. FC Cincy have acquired his rights now. He left Columbus and it kind of didn't quite go to plan because he played like one game for one club, then I think ended up in Switzerland or something ridiculous and played seven games. And now he returns to MLS. I think everybody, I think everybody's a big fan of uh, Kakuta Mane, and this is big for FC Cincy. Yeah, um, and I like the way they're going with things. Some of the signings they've made so far is has been really positive signings and. Um, you know, we're going to be speaking to a Dallas fan very soon and Roland Lamar is one of them and he's like, lots of MLS experience and I feel that's where they're going. They're going for the MLS experience that, let's face it, a lot of players that have been playing for them that have been kept on won't have as much because uh, apart from Fernando Adi, they've all been playing USL for a few years. So to bring in all this experience is, is good. It's going to be interesting though to see how the, how are they all gelling because you've suddenly got the guys that have won and uh, had all the success, and now all these guys coming in just like, you know, who are MLS vets who aren't going to, you know, they've got a certain way. So it'd be interesting, but I think this is a really positive signing from. I agree. Um, and just finally, Red Bulls sign Matthias Jorgensen, spent over $2 million on him, and they've got BWP. Mm. It's kind of like, I feel for New York Red Bulls, it's very similar to Tottenham Hotspur where they've got Harry Kane and it's like, and we do need a second sort of yeah. striker, but we don't want to... He's going to be number one, so I think they've point. done... Yeah, you're exactly right. They've done well to, to get him because, like Tottenham, no one wants to go there. They no. know they're not going to play unless Harry Kane's injured. And it's the same with BWP, but Jorgensen's pacey, runs in behind, kind of a different player. Maybe BWP's a bit more of a, a finisher, maybe a bit of a target man. Pacey gets in behind, is going to offer something different, and I think I think that's great for a team that everyone's everyone's trying to catch out. Yeah, so 
We'll see. There's a lot of changes. There's a lot of teams that um, like Red Bulls that need to go that little bit extra mile, and maybe they've looked at that and thought, we could have won the MLS Cup if we had another option. Yeah, totally. Um, Shall we speak to some fans? Yes. Get some DPs on. We'll get some designated phoners on. As part of our preview to the new MLS season, we are going to be speaking to fans. Last week, we spoke to Jeb, an Atlanta fan, Austin, a uh, Toronto fan. Lots of people very impressed with their uh, analysis as well. Yeah, it was very good. And this is why... Fans get a bad rep sometimes, but there's a lot of fans that are very knowledgeable. Uh, so pressure's on now for Andrew. <laughs> How are you doing, Andrew? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much. You guys good? doing good? Yes, good. Thank you very much. Uh, just introduce everybody to uh, to who you are, where you are, and uh, who you all of all of your teams. Yes. Uh, well, my name's Andrew, but everyone knows me as Barney on Twitter and such. Um, I am down in Portsmouth in the UK, Pompey season ticket holder. Um, but a big NYCFC fan went over to uh, New York last August to even go watch the uh, Hudson River derby. So yeah, that's kind of me. Said there about um, going to the Hudson River derby for all of us in the UK that have never been to an MLS game, especially one as as big as that. Explain the atmosphere and what differs from uh, an M- MLS game to when you watch Portsmouth. Well, the first thing um, that I noticed around the grounds on the day is there was massive groups of people um, that organised meeting up. Um, I've been in touch with some of the guys from the Third Rail, which is the first official NYCFC supporters group. Um, met with a few of those in a bar um, and then befriended one of them and sat next to them for the whole game. Um the supporter section, as a lot of the MS, MLS teams fans call it, uh, is their safe standing section, which is, you know, for European or British fans more particularly, doesn't exist anymore. Um, the atmosphere of being able to stand for the entire game with beer um, was superb. Um, that you, because it was the Hudson River Derby, you had so much extra attention put into the game by NYC. We had the Blue Men group, you know, the guys that had the theatre show. They were in the safe standing section with us. Um, there's endless guys in pigeon masks because apparently that's an NYCFC kind of chosen animal. Of Apparently there's pigeons everywhere in New York. I can't say I saw many myself, but, um, but compared to Portsmouth, Portsmouth is raucous, passionate. You know, even Jose Mourinho recently quoted as Portsmouth being a better atmosphere than than the Old Trafford, which uh, was controversial. But uh, Fradham Park is an old school ground, Yankee Stadium, an odd ground, which I know, Elliot, you're not the biggest fan of for the, the shape and all that kind of thing. But uh, there's certainly a, a lot of noise. And I was impressed. I went to Orlando as well and watched Orlando versus Atlanta. So sorry about that again, Elliot. Um, but... Uh, the atmosphere in both stadiums was phenomenal. I've got to give it, uh, give props to both sets of fans in the safe standing sections. They they really know how to to keep the noise going and hopefully keep their teams motivated. Right. Well, well. After that, thanks for joining us, uh, Andrew. Uh, great to great to chat. See you later. <laughs> um, Andrew, you said there about uh, that it was a good atmosphere and uh, and all of that. Like, is, did he get some unfair stick NYCFC for for playing at the Yankee Stadium? Does it actually work, or do they do they need a soccer specific stadium? Um, I always will believe in the soccer specific stadium um, kind of mantra and thoughts that you know that's going to generate a much more soccer specific atmosphere. But 
this the atmosphere that you see on TV when you watch a New York City home game is nothing like it is in real life. In real life, it was amazing. On TV, it looks it looks drab, looks quiet. Um, when I even when I watch the highlights back, you know you don't hear as much of the fans. And I I reckon it's just as basic as the, the microphone positioning for TV isn't great. But in the stadium, it was superb. So I don't feel like there's a rush like maybe some clubs have felt they've needed to you know get into their own ground in the past when they've been a new MLS team. Don't worry, mate. Atlanta haven't got a soccer-specific one either. <laughs> it's a pretty nice one, though. Yeah, well, we'll take ours. <laughs> we'll, we like, we've not got a problem with it. Um, right, looking at uh, the situation with NYCFC at the moment, Andrew, of course, there's big changes after Patrick Vieira left uh, halfway through last season. Um, what's your sort of feeling as we we now... Well, we're in the home straight now to go to the the start of the season. What's your feeling as an NYCFC fan? A little bit of worry, if I'm honest. Um, I don't think we're going to start quite as well as we did last season. You know, last season we went a long time undefeated. Um, gave me a lot of false hope. It was just like being a Portsmouth fan. Um, but the signings we've made so far, I'm optimistic. Um, Matriza looks great. Um, the goals that you can watch on YouTube of his look superb. You know, he's not an out and out striker, but he seems to be confident enough. If you put him up top, then he'll play there. Um, I watched the preseason friendly last week against AIK. Um, we had some good, se- good, you know, veterans in their team, like Seth Larson. Um, and he took his goal well in that game. So that, yeah, like I said, there's some apprehension because he's the only strong signing I think we've made the rest are young and not very experienced so I think we need a couple of more experienced players to to be brought in a lot of money spent on uh, on him it, I know it's difficult to to replace David Villa but in MLS it's a lot of money for City Group it's absolutely nothing is this a, a wild punt or do you think that this could really work um, I, I do genuinely think it could really work. Um, in his own words, he is a massive fan of Jovinko and you can see how he almost fits that Jovinko style mould, which I think fits the City group mould more than players like David Villa, who David Villa, you could see in the last couple of months when we needed him, he wasn't there. Like the game, the playoff games against Atlanta, he, he wasn't David Villa of old. He was just old David Villa. Um, so, you know what, realistically, I think if we put all of our time into Matrita, um, and maybe shape the, the top third of the team around him, then yeah, maybe it could work. You know, I've, I've got trust in Dome as it is at the moment. I wanted to touch on, on Dome because, uh, having watched the, the Manchester City documentary, uh, obviously, uh, he features quite heavily. We get to see him, uh, doing some great work and, and winning a lot. That didn't instantly translate when he moved to to NYCFC. How do you feel about uh, Dome and how confident are you that he will be not on Pep's level? Maybe that's a bit that's a bit impossible, but uh, a really really world class manager one day. Well, you know, as you say, with he was part of Pep's backroom team, and you know what, what a man to kind of learn your trade from. Um, no one can deny Pep is probably one of the best managers in the world possibly ever um so if you're going to be working with someone like pep and then you know your first big job is is never going to go smoothly straight away um there's been some uh, negativity about him on twitter which i personally don't understand 
I'm more of the old school breed of thinking you need to give a new manager a, a good bit of time, a good season or two to, you know, show that what they've got and what kind of game they want to bring. It makes sense for him to come in as a city group existing manager or existing, you know, part of a manager team um that he'll be able to bring in that same maybe style of play a bit more you know i'm not i'm not expecting new york city to start passing the ball around like man city we've got to be realistic but if we can get parts of their their gameplay then brilliant and you know that's what i just hope we see and that where he's had the whole off season to to work on the team that he can get them playing a bit a bit more like man city alex ring named captain for the season how do we feel about this Yep, our new ringleader, which I love that. I think that's absolutely superb. Um, he holds himself very well in the centre of field. Um, again, when watching the AIK game last week, he it's a, it's a very high comparison, but he reminded me of kind of Gerard at his peak in the way he sort of just watched the play go around him, was the person that was always there to pick up the ball if need be, wasn't afraid to put a challenge in, was, but also then looking forward looking for balls to go for too. So, yep, yeah, I mean, I've got the confidence in him. Um, he's still quite young. He's only 27, 28, I believe. Um, he's quit international football as well now, um, not wanting to have to travel to Europe all the time. So if it, that means we've got him available more, then absolutely brilliant. And looking forward to next season. Now, David Villa's gone. Um, who who do you think NYC's star player is? Is it with a new signing or, or is this someone who's going to flourish now that Villa's gone? For me, I really hope it's this, the Alex Matrita. Um, depending on how he, how high he plays or whether he plays in behind the striker, um, I hope he can be the star. I really do. And, you know, he looks like he can be. Um, his previous fans in Romania seem to be already missing him. Um, he flew back over there just to put the, the captain's armband on the new captain that's replaced him which I thought was an amazing thing. So he clearly understands, you know, team ethics and um, hopefully can get the team singing at the top. Uh, just before you go, Andrew, uh, we've we've asked this question a couple of times and uh, it's thrown up some some interesting answers. Uh, if you could, if you were in charge of NYCFC's roster and their TAM and their GAM, etc., and you could propose one trade with another club in, in MLS, what would you go for? Real, a realistic trade. A realistic trade. Oof. Um, who do you who do you fancy at NYCFC? You know, after last season, I I would have been tempted to go with someone like Michael Parkhurst, um, but at the same time, I think Alex Ring can do a similar job. I don't think they're too dissimilar, so I won't pick him. Um, I I don't think he would be worth a lot of gam because of his age, so I'd go with Rooney. With Wayne Rooney? Yeah, I'd go with Rooney. I think we need his goals. We need an out-and-out striker like he can be and like he seems to have you know, readopted in, at DC. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have Rooney. It's going to cost you a fair bit, that. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, with, with a city group, we've got the money. <laughs> um, so one more question, Andrew. As a, an NYC fan, realistically, what are the aims for this season? Uh, what can NYC do? I think, to be realistic, um, if we can get to the playoffs um, and hopefully have a better end of season than better start of the season like last year, 
then um, yeah, just just getting into the playoffs, I think, will will do us good this year, um, and perhaps getting past um, maybe more than one round worth of playoff games. Um, it'd be nice to actually win a two leg game and and not get trounced like we did by Atlanta and Toronto the last couple of years. Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt, MLS UK show. Always good to chat to uh, a fellow Brit who knows their MLS stuff. Very good. Good stuff from uh, from Pompey Barney, as he's known on Twitter. Yeah, I'm going to be getting some tips from uh, Barney because he's a Portsmouth fan and he went to Carroll Road earlier in the season, saw Portsmouth beat Norwich. Obviously, this weekend, I don't think that Bolton are going to do that, but you never know. I could get some tips from him. Yeah, good luck. Um, okay, over to you for this one. Yes, earlier this week I spoke to Marcus, who is a big FC Dallas fan. Loads of change happening at FC Dallas, new manager, new players. And uh, is he optimistic or is he a bit downhearted? Here's what happened when I caught up with Marcus. Hey Marcus, welcome to the MLS UK show. Hey, I'm good. How are you all doing this morning? Well, I guess morning my time. (laughs) Yeah, as we record this, it's actually uh, 25 past two in the uk uh we like i must thank you for getting up so early in uh in dallas but um is for a great cause of course we need to talk about fc dallas i want to first of all ask marcus about uh, oscar parasia we go back a bit he's left what sort of legacy does he leave at the club ah well oscar Pereira, um he's a great legacy of uh building up our academy um winning the, i think the first trophy since 2001 when we won the supporting shield in the u.s open cup in 2006 um he brought a a lot of young kids up through the academy and i think two or three made it to the national team so that's a great legacy in its uh its own right um you know and now he's in league imx where i think he'll fit in a little bit better but i think he brought a uh, winning mentality to fc dallas we were middle of the pack slightly mediocre and then we became um a pretty respectable team although we didn't win the ultimate uh trophy which is what everyone wanted but if you reflect his tenure here you'll realize that is that the only sort of sour point to his reign is that he never managed to because you made the playoffs a ton of times but you just couldn't quite make it to win the MLS Cup. Is that one of the, the sour points or overall is it a positive legacy? Yeah, I mean, I think if you talk to most uh, most fans, most supporters, they'll say his five-year tenure here was very positive. We only missed the playoff one year. Um, the downside is we never even got to the semifinals, right? We were always, you know, we won the Supporters' Shield technically twice. We tied with the Red Bulls uh, one year, but we lost on point uh, on um, goal differential. So we were top of the league twice in those two years, made it to the playoff every year, but lost in the quarterfinals, which is very disappointing. So we, if I think if he had made it to the MLS Cup, even if we had lost, I think that would have been a uh, uh, the, uh, his crowning achievement. But like I said, the academy was built. We got young guys coming through. You know, now we got guys signing to Bayern Munich straight from the academy. I think a disservice was done to him, though, because now this year we have our USL team, which is, uh, I guess, third division here, yeah, um, where we can play the young kids. And I think that would have been a great benefit for him, because um, I think at times he was uh, he thought he had to play the kids in actual MLS games, which 
without any, you know, there's a difference between playing for the academy and then playing against grown men in a professional setting. And there was no gap. There was no gap. There was no, um, nothing to fill the gap in there. And now we do have that, but he got, so, you know, we can, ne- we'll never know what he could have done with that, um, with that in his tool belt. Uh, so Luchi Gonzalez has come in um, to take over. Now he's recently said about uh, the. He said FC Dallas need to grow players instead of bringing them in. But by the sounds of it, of what you've just said, it, it seems like you've always been doing that. Is he touching on the USL team as this is how we're going to do it, rather than oh we've always done it kind of thing? Yes, I mean because we've already. I mean that's that's was Oscar's philosophy, right? We had Kellen Acosta, who came from the academy. Got first team minutes, was a starter for four, four years, got um, national team minutes. Um, he kind of fell out of favor now with the new coach at the national team. Um, but that is a definition of growing a star, right? He came from the academy and now he's on the national team. So Oscar has been doing that. Um, I think Lucci, who was the academy director, is going to take that even further. But he has, again, another tool in his tool belt with the USL team where there's a middle ground. You don't take a 17-year-old who is really good and probably better at every, better than anyone else in his age group, but not quite good enough to play with, again, grown men. Uh, you mentioned Calvin Acosta. Uh, you've replaced, well, you've, you've got a new Acosta now in uh, Brian Acosta. How do you think he's going to do? Um, well, we haven't, I haven't seen him play yet in uh, practice or in preseason because he didn't get his visa dealt with until last weekend. So he hasn't really joined the team. So to be honest, I've seen his highlight package, but then that's a highlight package. So you only see the good moments. <laughs> yeah. Um, but from the response on Twitter from his uh, former club, it seems like, you know, he's a pit bull who will be a box-to-box midfielder, which is what we needed. Because last year, we, um, I guess we were playing with two number sixes, two holding midfielders, who, if we're honest, were not quite uh, the most creative going forward, which um, I think was a frustration last year, is that we would get the ball in a, a nice position, but no one would turn around and go field. It was always a back pass, which was always very frustrating. Yeah. Because um, I really like the counter-attacking team. We had two very fast wingers to the point of you press high, you get the ball back, and you turn them field with what we were trying to do. But when you have two number two holdings, when they get the ball, their first responsibility is I don't want to lose it. So then they do a back pass or they do a uh, a lateral pass, which again is very is not going to get you forward, which is where we all want to go. So um, I think with Acosta, the new Acosta, Brian, I think that would help if we had a box-to-box where his mentality, his first idea is to turn and go over the field. Um, have you got a, like a vibe on how FC Dallas are going to play this season? Because normally when you look at uh, soccer teams, if they was to bring a, a manager in to replace someone from uh, the backroom staff or the academy, they tend to play the same style of football uh, all the way through the, the, the team. So do you think much is going to change or is he going to completely change it all despite coming from the academy? Um, well, we had, um, we had our first um, official preseason game. We played Bayern Munich uh, U23s. They came to town. Uh, we have a partnership with Bayern Munich. So um, they came to town. We played them and then we played the USL team 
this was all last week in uh, uh, San Antonio. Um, so from what I saw, I think we're going to be playing a 4-3-3. Um, a, uh, Oscar liked to play a 4-4-2. Um, like I said, with um, two sixes in the back, I think Lucci is going to try to play more of a pressing uh, football because um, that's what he keeps repeating in his press conference, that he wants to press high, recover the ball high, you know, go forward. Um, and we have the athletes to do that. So really, it all depends on if there's buy-in from the players. Um, but from what I saw from those two games, it's definitely more of a 4-3-3. Uh, and sometimes they play a three-man back line, which I guess is what he did when he was in the academy. Hmm. I don't know if that's going to work in MLS. Almost no teams play a three-man back line. Um, but we did bring in a center back um, with uh, uh, Copa, Luturbe, uh, Copa experience in Latin America. So we have three center backs that if – three experienced center backs that if we wanted to do that, we could. But, again, I don't, I don't think of any team in MLS that actually plays a three-man back line. Yeah, I guess you'll either be the innovators or you're halfway through the season, you'll realise this isn't working and just go back to, to normal. Yeah. So, Marcus, just before you go, uh, I want to know what your thoughts are ahead of the season in terms of predictions. If you had to predict now, where would FC Dallas finish or how will we do? I want you to tell me what your prediction is and then realistically what's the best you can hope for. Well, I mean, we have um, another... Uh history of Oscars that we always started off really hot and then faded at the end. And I think that's why we never did well in, uh, in the MLS cup. Um, so I think this year will might be the opposite, right? We'll start off really slow because we have a new coach. We got three new players. It's a new environment. Um, and another thing what people may not realize Oscar actually took more than half the coaching staff. So even the coaching staff is new. Um, so, I think it might be a reverse of the past or, or the reverse of what happened when Oscar was here. I think we'll start off really slow. Um, and then at the end of the year, if everything, if pieces work in, we'll start off, we'll get hot at the end of the year, which the way um, the playoff system works, that's when you need to get hot. Cause it's not like, you know, it's not like in Europe where the winner of the league is whoever whoever has the most points at the end of the year, because if that was it, we've won two MLS cups already. Yeah. But unfortunately it's your performance in the season doesn't really matter. Really what happened, what matters is getting into the playoffs and being as sharp as possible once you get there. So I think if that's the way, if that plays out the way I think it will, where we start off really slow, getting the kids acclimated, getting the players acclimated. And then at the end of the year, we get hot. I think it might be a good run because if you look back on the last Let's see, when Portland won, when Seattle won, they barely got in to the playoffs. Like, I think they were sixth or fifth, and they got in, and had a hot, they were hot when they got in, and they went straight to the cup. But then again, when Toronto and Atlanta won, they were on top of the league, and then they just dominated. So really, I don't really know whether or not, if you take the last couple of years, you can either dominate and run the table and win, or you can barely get in and you can win. So it's really... You know, it's a catch-22. But I personally think if, if if things go as I think they will go with a, you know, whenever, you know, in Europe, whenever you get a new manager, right, in the middle of the season or at any point during the season, you get that slight bump from the players. Yeah. Look at Man U right now, new manager, what, eight-game 
I mean, until they got destroyed yesterday. Uh, <laughs> they went on a great run when they got a new manager. So I think we might get that bump. I hope it is later in the year and not too early. Because, again, I don't want us to peak way too early and then fade at the end of the year. So I really, I'm really hoping that we're at least steady early, getting our sea legs under us, and then later in the year, we kick in the kick it in the gear, and we'll see what happens in the playoffs. The MLS UK Show. Nice, good chat. That it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a difficult season, I feel, for Dallas, especially compared to last year. Yeah, well, like Marcus said, he's kind of feeling it's going to be the opposite of last year. Like uh, last year, they ended poorly after a good start. He's He's um, optimistic going to the second part of the season than uh, the first. Mm, okay. Um, tell you what, before we chat Colorado, let's do your five things. Yes. So, uh, we didn't do this last episode, so this is kind of a... You've been slacking. Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't say that. Um, this is kind of a five things that you may have missed from MLS over the last month kind of <laughs> thing. Because there's only five. <laughs> uh, it's been really tough this week to, to narrow it down just to five, but uh, it's all featuring a wide range of teams. Five teams, if you must know, but a wide range. So, Elliot, you do the numbers for this. One. FC Cincinnati's stadium decision. We all thought it was all sorted. Apparently not. It's the council that could be delaying it. It's FC Cincinnati getting really nervous because if they don't start building it for next month, yeah. it means when they want to move into it in 2021 for the start of the season, it's going to be delayed. And we could have a, a DC United sort of scenario where they're playing the first 12 games away from home. At the local park. <laughs> At the local park, yeah. Two. Uh, number two, Seattle Sounders are set to make history by going carbon neutral. Uh, the club has said it's reviewed every department within the club and uh, they won't be making any net contribution to atmospheric carbon dioxide. That'll win you the MLS Cup. <laughs> uh, to kick off their programme, the Sounders are planning to have a tree planting event. Uh, they're going to plant 370 trees. They're going to get the coaches, uh, the players and the general public involved in that. Okay. That's next Sunday. Three. More good stories. It's good vibes, to, apart from the Cincinnati thing. Good vibes to the five things this week. It's been one good one so far. <laughs> uh, LAFC's Latif Blessing uh, announced that during the closed season, he actually travelled back to his old high school in Ghana and he gave out some uh, old shirts and some boots and some footballs. Uh, he's done it before and he says that he loves going back to his old high school because uh, now, because he's been back before giving out stuff, when he goes back, he sees kids wearing like really nice boots and, mm. and MLS shirts. And he said it's nice because obviously that part of the world isn't the most, uh, isn't the richest part of the world. So it's nice seeing them actually play soccer that we love mm. in decent gear. Mm, okay, I'll give you that. Nice story. Mm-hmm. Four. It's been tough for TFC recently. We spoke to Austin last week on the podcast and he's, uh, well, he sort of said, I'm not confident, but I think we'll make the playoffs. So I think that might be pessimistically optimistic if that is anything um gm ali curtis has promised new players are on the way though so toronto fans you may be a bit down in the dumps at the moment after Gio left but he does say that new players are on the way yeah alejandro pozuelo from genk ah okay so do you know anything about him uh i know that it's an absolute mess this transfer <laughs> This transfer is a mess. Have you heard about this? No. Right. So I've prepared notes. Bear with me. Okay. 
didn't expect to be called in to uh, tagged in to the five things. Normally, your uh, your your thing. Um, so Alejandro Pozuelo plays for Genk. He's captain. They're top of the league. He's the star man. Okay. The club have got a seven million buyout clause in his contract. Toronto have matched that. They've activated the clause. So in any contract, if a player's got a release clause of six, seven, eight, nine million, whatever it is, if a club come in and match that, the club have to let them talk talk to them and yeah. discuss a new deal. Um, but for some reason, they've gone, um, yeah, well, well, actually, n- no, you you can't have him. Like you're not you're not talking to him, and they've persuaded the player to sign some like weird extra deal thing, which he felt really forced to do. So he's now saying that wasn't him. He he was forced to do it, and he didn't want to. Um, and he's saying, look, I've got a personal release cause of two million. And he said, if you want, I can I can activate that at any time. If you want me to do that, if you're not going to be, be let me leave for this seven million, I can activate this two million clause. And you'll have to let me go, and you'll only get two million instead of seven. So it's kind of getting really, really messy. So he could go for as little as as two two now. Um, but they're just so desperate to keep him. They're just pulling out all the stops. They've only won the league a couple of times in their history, and they're top. And so I feel mm. like they're just trying to cling on for as long as possible, and and they need him. Yeah, well, I mean, positive stuff for Toronto. But it sounds like the player wants to come, and whether it's seven million or two million, they're probably going to get him. So. Uh, let's keep our eyes on that one, hopefully for Toronto, because, you know, I know Toronto, before the last few seasons, hadn't had the most uh, prosperous time in MLS, mm. but I've only been watching MLS a few years, so Toronto, a big, big team players. for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and finally? Five. Nashville. Not even in MLS at the moment. I know what you're going to say, I saw this. But MLS are telling them who they can and can't sign. Oh, this isn't what I thought. Go on, oh. carry on. Uh, so Nashville had agreed to sign... Andrew Gutman from Celtic. Now, right. uh, Andrew Gutman was in the colleges around uh, the US and Celtic have signed him. He then went to be loaned back to Nashville, but MLS have said no. So Nashville did actually announce this transfer. MLS then came and went, no, you can't do that. <laughs> and the whole reason is because he was technically, well, he was, a Chicago Fire Academy player. So they got his rights. So they've got his right. rights. So now, Look at me understanding the rules. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know where I stand with this one because technically, yeah, that is right. But if he's only signing for a season, Nashville aren't in the... They're not in MLS. They're not in the league. So surely he can play in the USL. Yeah, but you know what it's like. Once you're in MLS, own you. There's that, yeah. So I don't know whether Chicago put in a uh, kind of nudged them and went, I, come on, this ain't right. We're not having this. Uh, but that's why. So they're going to look elsewhere. Uh, Nashville just said in a statement, their first line was, MLS doesn't support this transaction. <laughs> transaction not recognised. Those are your five things you may miss from MLS in the last few weeks. And five and a half. Um, the Nashville logo was leaked today. The new uh, new badge was it? Was leaked today on uh, MLSsacred.com in the shop. Uh, there was a few caps on there uh, and they had the new logo on. Have a look now. Tell, yeah. See what you think. We'll do this. We'll do this live. Oh, I I like the road badge personally, but I don't mind that. That's all right. It's appeared on the MLS store on a few caps. 
Um, that was worth waiting for, wasn't it? Yeah, well, no, what do you think of that? Do you think that's better than the old one? No, nah, to be fair, they had a good one before. I think there's a lot of clubs in MLS that could do with a little uh, little upgrade. Yeah. Uh, they weren't one of them, but I like that they're coming in with a with a new image, looking fresh. Right. Since he did the same, maybe it's maybe it's the rules. MLS own you. Yeah, well, there's your five and a half things that have happened in MLS in the last <laughs> few weeks. Uh, right, we're going to be talking about the David Beckham statue very soon, but you have been speaking to our next fan. Yes, um, I've been excited to talk Colorado for a few weeks because uh, I feel like they've, they've done good business. Especially, I think it's important to kind of have a bit of context here. They've done good business for Colorado. I think this has been a really surprising uh, few transactions because... Uh, in the last couple of years, they've just kind of been treading water at the bottom. Um, so, excited for this one. Please welcome Brian to MLS UK Show. How are you doing, Brian? I'm excellent. I can't wait for the season to start. It's going to be a little different around here. Yeah, it's very, very different. This is why I'm so excited to talk Colorado, <laughs> seriously. Um, first of all, fewest goals in MLS last season. Are we confident that that's, gonna, that's not going to be a title you hold this year? <laughs> Well, the good news is there's only one way to go, right? So well, this is true. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say yes. They uh, they will respectfully get rid of that title, uh, hopefully to someone else. Um, you know, with signing, and that was a big thing. Um, signing someone of of maybe some proven background, and and we got that in uh, Kai Kamara. Um, also brought in Diego Rubio. Uh, so you know, people who kind of know their way around that that attacking third a little bit, and and, uh, and there's also a couple of rookies that have been playing a lot in preseason. Um, Andre Shinishiki, uh, f- to speak of for one. So there's definitely the nice thing is there's options. Whereas last year there wasn't much of that, um, short of you know some some real journeymen, and, and uh, I think that's been addressed for sure mm, a lot of people are talking about the the uh, atlanta united model signing uh young players sometimes very expensive young players uh and mm-hmm. and helping them develop and helping them grow and, and kind of promising them the world and to be fair delivering um kai kamara diego rubio very much the opposite to that however i like this i genuinely i really like what colorado have done this offseason look they're working with what they've got and i think Kai Kamara and Diego Rubio, which, which you touched on as a as a forward forward pairing, is really nice. Kamara's thirty four. A lot of people saying mm, not not sure about that. Maybe it's not one for for three years down the line, but it may just get you where you need to be this year. Absolutely, and you know, that was I think that's kind of that's almost kind of the mo you're seeing because for one, just to look ahead next year, both Tim Howard. Uh, Skelton Gashi, those contracts come off the books. So now all of a sudden you free up a lot more money to go look, like you'd said, maybe a little bit long ter- longer term, two, three, four years down the road. Um, but the but the 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 base of this unit w- was is is basically set to where the coaching staff wants. So it was a matter of of adding. You know, I don't want to say stopgap, but maybe a transition uh, types of players, players like Benny Failhaber um, and Kai and Diego, guys who have been in the league know what they're doing, and, and and you know they don't have to be taught per se to to play in a different system um, the way they're going to here, but they can just go ahead and fit in right away, and that's I think that's really what Colorado's looking for. Like I say, not skipping this season, but really have an eye on the next couple down the road with that in mind. Yeah, of course. Um, Diego Rubio, by the way, 
Um, just looking, just checking out his stats. I mean, we, we know he's a player. We know that. Um, anybody who's watched any MLS knows that this is a great signing. But uh, just looking, eight goals, six assists. He's only started nine games last season. We will take that every day of the week here in the Rocky <laughs> Mountains. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, he started and nine this, games this, and 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 was benched for nine. So even still, like eighteen games, he he was not a part of their plans last season uh, at SKC. And I, I think a lot of teams should have been moving for Diego Rubio. And Colorado have got themselves a piece there. Yeah, and that's it's funny when that when that move was made. Um, people around here and, and, and fans that I talked to, and even some folks in the front office, thought you know that was that was a steal. I mean, that was definitely um, one that Colorado got right and really got the better of the deal. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a sneaky good one, along with. Uh, bringing in a guy like Nicholas Mesquita, kind of that same uh, attacking midfield from the outside role. I, I think those are going to be two real good sneaky signings for Colorado. Yeah, M- Mesquita comes in from from Whitecaps. Also, Benny Failharbor as well. There's some there's some mm-hmm. big names in this Rapids team. Absolutely, and and that's I think that's going to be the nice thing in that. Now, all of a sudden, this team has depth, but quality depth and, and depth that they can count on. Um, whereas last year it was almost, you know, when somebody went down or, or somebody had a call up, what have you, it was a real kind of a search mission, uh, a Band-Aid almost, if you will. Um, but now there's, you know, people that can fit in and fit in right away. And my uh, my initial excitement for for Colorado, like I said, I've been I've been pushing to to chat to somebody from from the Rapids for for a few weeks now because we're kind of looking at this roster, thinking this this could be the year. This could this could be the year that Rapids are back. <laughs> um, and I know that's dangerous, but one of the reasons for that was was yeah. Kellen Acosta. Now, not a new signing, but I feel mm-hmm. like with this whole new uh, new roster he was going to look like a whole new signing. He comes into this whole new team, but now there's so many rumors that he may be on his way out. Yeah, that's and, and I'm glad you're jumping on the bandwagon. Um, it's, it's nice to see that once in a while. We don't get that very often around here. <laughs> <laughs> Not many of us remember 2016, even though it doesn't seem that long ago. Um, yeah, that's that has been. I have heard that rumor around. Um, I think Kellen was originally brought in on a multi-year uh, deal, but with an eye of okay. I get myself back into, you know, playing shape and, and playing regular football. And now all of a sudden, you know, a European club may come calling. And that's certainly a possibility. But especially given Kellen's age, he's such a young guy. You forget that, you know, he's he's he seems like he's been on the radar for 10 years. But gosh, he's he's still low, tw- uh, lower 20s, just a young kid. Um, I, I'm going to be excited this year to watch him because I think now he's rather than being plugged in somewhere or, or given a role of something by necessity, he's going to be able to play his game. Um, he's got the pieces around him to take some of that pressure off and, and really kind of a let you know, some of that creative part of his game show. And I think that'll be, uh, hopefully, you know, really result in some positive things. I, I really want to see uh, Kellen stay with, with Rapids, like I say, to fit into this, this new roster, as I'm calling it. Um, but th- there is one, one sort of outcome which I will allow, um, because the rumours are that, that for $3 million, he could be off to a championship club. Now, if that's my Norwich City, then I'm sorry, but we're having him. 
<laughs> I see your ulterior motive there, and I do not blame you in the least, my man. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's think about this season rationally. It's easy to get excited because we're talking Kamara and Rubio um, and that combo. Easy for me to say. Shin Yashiki. There you go. And you know, and what he's going to bring. And Fail Harbor with the experience in Mesquita and Acosta realistically what's your prediction for this year if you were in my shoes and you were kind of looking at it from from the outside in and and you'd sort of take take all emotion out of it where do you think what do you reckon i the the nice thing is obviously mls has added an extra playoff spot okay so i believe seven make the next round so to speak this year that's going to help obviously i'm gonna i'm gonna low ball my high expectations and say we we at least squeak into the playoffs this year okay and i'll tell you why why i say that in talking to the club you know the players and the coaches at the end of last season um and every one of them to a t pretty much unprovoked and i don't know if this is their company line or, or what have you but they're all really excited in the fact that this coming season they're starting um way way further ahead than they did last year Last year it was learning the system and how Coach Hudson wanted to play and yada, yada, yada. Now they're coming in almost a step or two ahead of that, and they really feel good about that. You know, you put in players like who they've brought in um, in that mix, um, and they believe themselves, and that's huge because I don't think last year that they did, per se. They were just so tuned into trying to figure out, well, who's playing next to me, and wait, what does he want me to do? you know, out there. So, um, I think that's going to be, that's going to be a real positive thing. And I heard you mention on the last show too, there's always that hanging over your head of Tim Howard's last year, send him out on a good note, you know, Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt, MLS UK show. This is what we're doing over the course of a season. We've, we've mentioned it before on previous podcasts that we're actually getting you, the fans onto the podcast a bit more. So uh, we've got a lot. We've got people for every team, which we're really happy about. But if you want to put yourself forward, people are still doing it. Like mm. after each podcast, they're like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a Columbus fan. Don't forget me." So uh, we will be chatting to a lot of people throughout the season. And if you want to put your name forward for your team, then feel free uh, DM us at MLS UK Show on Twitter. You can message us on Instagram as well. Mm. Yeah, um, it's important to kind of realize that we we can't have too many for one team because. We're going to kind of be using these people every single week. So it's kind of important. We have a little bit of rotation, a little bit of uh, squad rotation important. Yeah. Um, the big news, in my opinion, this is, it's it's not to do with anything on the pitch, but this is some of the biggest news in the last few See, weeks. See, I'm not bothered about this. Well, it's big for us because, you know, we're in the UK with the MLS UK show and this guy, for a lot of people in the UK, this guy, David Beckham, put the MLS in the spotlight. He put MLS in the headlines. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it as a different way from you. Yeah, or, I mean, when you put it US like that, when you Canadians. put it like that, I, look, I, David Beckham is my hero. I love the guy. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. It just feels a bit weird to me. Like, why did why are they just doing this now? David Beckham owns another team in MLS. Like, yeah. w- what are you doing? I accept that is weird, especially when LA Galaxy will play into Miami at some point. If they'd have done this like 10 years ago or however long ago it was, then I'd be like, yeah, fine. Like, David Beckham's a legend. Totally, totally makes sense. But, you know, you don't see, uh, don't see Orlando doing a statue for Victor PC, do you? 
no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Um, but then again, David Beckham won MLS Cups for them. Yeah, David Beckham's actually good. Uh, so, let us know. Imagine, sorry to interrupt. Imagine yeah. if we did a Will Johnson statue. How many days do you reckon it would be left standing outside the stadium? I think you'd get a plane over. <laughs> you'd get a flight over. Nah, by the time I got there, it'd be gone. Uh, but again, he's never won MLS Cup for Orlando, has he? No. Uh, I like us... how you suddenly went for Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Let us let us know. What do you think, David Beckham's statue at LA Galaxy? I'm really intrigued to find out a what Galaxy fans think, b what Inter Miami fans think, and c what just the, the MLS community think of this. Because for me, okay, you in the UK, you get a statue outside a stadium if you have like played a million times and you're from the 50s or 60s or whatever mls doesn't have that they don't have that you know history so david beckham for me he has been the biggest star to play in that country in that league yeah Sorry. i i just think i just think it's I'm not against it david beckham is a legend he'd get a statue at man united he'd get a statue at real madrid he'd get a statue at galaxy psg ac Milan. you could go on Preston <laughs> um, but I, I just for me I just think it's just weird timing that, mm. that's that's the thing um, nothing against the idea and if MLS UK show was allowed a statue it would let's be honest it would be David Beckham he's the reason that we're here he made MLS big over here he he took all its you know took took MLS and, and brought it to the UK made the UK sit up pay attention and he he would be our MLS UK show idol. He's the 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 father, the the founding father of MLS in the UK. I just think it's a bit weird. Do you think Galaxy are doing um, like stamping the territory a bit? They're cocking the leg up like dogs do mm. on the you know fire hydrants. Oh yeah, just... Miami. Yeah, we see you. By the way, he but, was ours. Yeah. Do you think it's a bit of that? Yeah, I do. I think it's very ex-girlfriend going through new girl's Instagram. <laughs> uh, so 2nd of March, it's getting um, unveiled. Uh, he will be there, obviously. They're also going uh, doing like a community sort of mural as well, uh, LA Galaxy and David Beckham in, in LA at the same time. So that's good to see. And it's nice to see that David Beckham, despite the fact that he is going to be an Inter-Miami fan, he clearly, he seems the guy who does remember his roots, you know, like he was at that Man United PSG game the other day. Do you reckon he remembers that he once had trials at Norwich and decided to go to Man United instead? Because do you know what I say to that? Great decision. Well done, mate. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't think many would choose to stay in Norwich. Um, You know, coming to the great city of Manchester, of course. Mm, Whatever. Um, Are you done talking about your statues? Yes. Right. Can we get on with the game? I've been dreading this because I don't have a clue. Do you want me to refresh your memory? Yeah. Okay. So, this player played for Birmingham in the championship, but his parent club was Manchester City. Right. Have you got any ideas just from that? What year was it? You have to do this, don't you? You have to do this. Now I'm going to have to go on Wikipedia. Right. In 2014, he played in the Championship for Birmingham. He's at Manchester City from 2013 to 2015. Don't worry about the Man City thing, seriously. I'll be honest, I don't know why I asked that Birmingham question, because I couldn't name you any Birmingham player apart from Dugarry. Darren Purse. Oh, yeah. Um, 
He then went to play in Eredivisie, yeah, Dutch league, 2015 to 2017. And from 2017 onwards, he's been in MLS. He's made 63 appearances in MLS in the West. And he scored 18 goals. Have you got any idea whatsoever? I really don't have any idea. He plays in the West. Right. Who does he play for? Come on. You're about to reveal it anyway. Who, who does He's he... Slovakian. Oh. Does he play for RSL? He does play for RSL. Rusnak! Was... Rusnak! Rusnak played at Birmingham! Told you it was a good one. Wow. That's good, isn't it? Are you proud of me? Yeah, but he played at Birmingham. <laughs> Can you get any higher? He played for Man... I lived in the same city as Albert <laughs> Rusnak and I didn't know. And you got the same birthday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 2013 to 2015. I knew you then. Yeah. Every night I worked with you, you drove back to Manchester and Albert Rusnak was there. I'm messing around hanging around with you. I could have been hanging around with him. And don't get me wrong, you never played for Man City. You know that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Birmingham on loan. Also went to Oldham Athletic. Oh. Two appearances. Um, 17 in... Uh, Oh no, 59 in the uh, Dutch league. And then 63 for RSL, 18 goals. Wow. I thought you'd like that one. It's good, That's it? a great one. So well done as well, anyone who actually got that. Yeah, I admit that was difficult if you did get that. I feel like if you'd have... If you're an RSL fan, you probably know that. Um, difficult for everyone else, I think. But yeah, congratulations if you got that. I just wanted to make it harder because everyone goes, mm, it's easy, mm, got it already. Well done. Uh, right, that's the end of episode three, season two. Uh, if you've missed any episodes recently, including episode one, season two, two when uh, Mo Adams was on last week when we spoke to an Atlanta and a Toronto fan, make sure you listen back to them. Uh, subscribe. Uh, we're asking now people to rate yeah. us as well. I'm just uh, looking. Do, do, you do, reckon that. that's, do you reckon that's made a difference at all? Maybe. Uh, well, do it subscribe um, tell your friends also get in touch with us about anything you want to get in touch with loads of you get in touch with little things across the week of MLS uh, stuff what's happening love it when you see stuff and you tag us in it as well it's really cool yeah keep doing that Um, so stay tuned episode 4 will be here probably next week and in the build up to the new season I need to say this if you listen back to episode 1 and 2 there is a person let's call her a character of the show uh, that will be making a return to have a look at the new kits. So I'm going to say, listen back to episode one and two if you want to find out who that is. <laughs> um, and that's it. Okay. Um, more guests on next week if you want to be a part of it. Um, at MLS UK Show. Slide into the old DMs. Give us a follow. Uh, let us know who you want to represent. And uh, we'll add you to our little black book. Go on. Do, you, do your sign off. See ya. <laughs> See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.